Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Becoming Shop. Um, we're so excited to have you. Um, today we have a special guest, one of my good friends for many years. Um, and uh, you, we're going to have a great time. She's a renowned speaker. She speaks all over the world. And um, I'm excited to have her. Hey, Mel. Hey there. Thanks for having me. How you doing? Good. Good. Calling you live from New York. <laughs> I know, live from New York, and we're all in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to come out and chat with us a little bit. Um, how is it in New York? It's good. You know, it's a little rainy today, but I can't complain. I, I love this city. You know, I'm I'm technically living across across the river in Jersey City now, but you know, my heart will always be in New York. I'll always be a New York City girl. Right. You know, it's so funny. People always say, you know, uh, right across Jersey City is basically the, like the six barrel, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's closer yeah. than Brooklyn, you know, like, it, <laughs> you can yeah, get to the city really faster. <laughs> yeah, you my, know? Commute, so. my, commute in, my commute into New York is actually even shorter now from Jersey City than it was when I was living in Brooklyn. So, you know, there's a lot happening out here. I think it's only a matter of time before everyone figures out all the all the greatness out here in Jersey City. <laughs> yeah, I used to I used to actually live out there a few years ago. Loved it. Um and uh it's definitely this is when we used to pay uh a lot less before. <laughs> but um I'm pretty sure it's still affordable compared to New York. But um but that's awesome. So thank you so much for coming and um being on a podcast and so we're just gonna like I would love for you to uh, just give uh, like a brief introduction about yourself and, and, and what you do. Yeah, sure. So I'm Melanie Diesel. Uh, my background is in journalism, so I grew up wanting to tell other people's stories in a way that kind of made a difference, you know, stories that were important. Um, I got my undergrad degree in investigative reporting, thinking that I could uncover all these amazing stories, and my master's is in arts and cultural criticism because telling people stories, you need to have a flair, you need to have a sense of voice, and you need to have an ability to write in a way that's beautiful and intriguing for people. So those two things, um, you know, kind of form the basis of the way that I tell stories today, you know, this deep drive for trying to find hidden stories and trying to tell them in a way that people are really going to connect with. Um, You know, I thought I would end up in a newsroom somewhere at a magazine or a newspaper, but I found my way into branded content. So I worked at places like the Huffington Post, the New York Times, and Time Incorporated. You know, they have many U.S. publications like Entertainment Weekly and Sports Illustrated, so many great brands. And my job was basically to help advertisers tell stories on those publishers' websites or in print in a way that their readers would connect with. So just trying to offer something of value to the readers of different publications as a brand. I've since gone out on my own. So now I do conference speaking and I consult with brands and publishers directly on how to better tell their brand stories. And, you know, I get, like you said, I get to travel the world. I get to work with, with awesome clients and, and I still get to write. So life is good. That's amazing. So you guys like, the story behind this transition is quite amazing. I think very, um, I'd say not typical, but like a lot of stories are very similar to uh, Melanie's journey, you know, as she uh, transitioned. So from full time to actually working on her own, can you kind of give us a, you know, brief idea how, how that went down far as like you going from 
full-time to actually mm-hmm. full-time your like your own business speaking business yeah definitely so you know when i when i was in my last full-time role was actually at time incorporated so again i was working for you know there's 35 different u.s publications and you know it was it was great to be able to as a creator as a writer get to switch between those those voices you know to get to write in the style of food and wine one day and sports illustrated the next it's a great creative challenge but i also realized that my impact there was was pretty limited you know i could only impact the publications that we had and only the brands that we already had relationships with and my mission has always been to help people tell better brand stories and so I thought there's probably a way for me to have a bigger impact, to teach more people and help more people. Um, you know, if I were out on my own, if I, if I were the one in charge of who I was working with and when. And, you know, I knew that I like to move personally at a faster pace than a lot of corporations do. And, you know, sometimes as a creator, you, you end up sort of frustrated trying to figure out, you know, how do I continue to create in an environment that maybe moves slower than I do? So, it made the idea of going out on my own really appealing. So once I kind of had that seed planted in my head, um, I started to think about, well, is this feasible? Could I go out on my own and, and start my own consulting firm? Could I actually make money speaking, you know, and running workshops for corporations, teaching them all these things that, you know, I'm doing every day? So it took a couple months of preparation, you know, reaching out to people and saying, hey, I'm thinking about doing some consulting. Would you be open to this? You know, almost like using your friends and your network as a focus group to find out what would they be interested in? Is it something they'd actually pay for? Which is a really important question. I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we ask like, would you want this? Would you sign up for this? Would you, you know, would you think this is a good idea? But sometimes we forget to ask, would you actually pay for it? And if so, how much? And so that's an important part of prospecting and figuring out, you know, is there an appetite for what you want to do enough that you can still pay your bills? Because at the end of the day, you know, we all, we would all love to pursue our passions 24-7, but we most of us have some level of responsibilities, whether it's, you know, a roof to keep over our heads or mouths to feed. So asking those kinds of questions and making the financial preparations to go out on your own is important and making sure that you have sort of a safety net of, you know, maybe one or two months worth of savings or more if you can in case it takes you a little while to get started up, you know? Right. Beautiful. That's such, I mean, so much gold, um, so much nuggets. <laughs> I tell you, like, I love that. <laughs> um, I hope you guys caught that. She actually said, you know, I'm going to save up a few months worth of money savings so that I, I can, you know, go full time with it or at least start going part time with it and see what the mm-hmm. reaction is. But also for that, Axing your friends and family, but also some relationships that you've built over the years, if they're willing to pay for this um, service and and how much. I think that's really really good stuff to to ask yourself. Um, similar to what I did, going from full time corporate stuff to photography, um, just asking that question: What are people willing to pay? Um, and I think that's really critical. So, so part of our um, that's really good, Mel. So part of our um, theme for the from last month, I just want you to be able to touch a little bit on it. Was mm-hmm. is um, what were the things that you used in your hand at the time before going full time um, to make that transition to actually start speaking? Like, 
and 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 basically the the premise is that a lot of times people uh, we all do but make excuses for not doing things mm-hmm. because we don't have either resources the relationships but a lot of times we all we got really is what's in our hand meaning we have a laptop we have google we have mm-hmm. a few friends you know we can start there start where you have and move forward so um, can you give us some things that you used in your hands of time to get you started into where you are now? Yeah. So I think one of the best examples of this, and, you know, a lot of the things you mentioned are exactly spot on, right? Looking things up on Google and using your laptop, reaching out to people, so important. For me, one of the things that I knew is I was trying to break into the speaking business, you know, and I had I had spoken a little bit, but I certainly didn't have an agent. You know, I didn't have someone out there, you know, hustling to get me gigs. I needed to do that myself. And I was in that position, like you just mentioned, where I was like, well, I don't have the connections. You know, I don't know any event planners. How am I going to do this? So what I actually did is I I opened up my computer. I made a spreadsheet. (laughs) And I started to look up what are the names of conferences that I see my colleagues or my mentors tweeting about, you know, What are the events that are popping up in my email newsletter or maybe even ads that I'm getting saying, hey, come to Content Marketing World, come to, you know, Marketo's event, you know, keeping an eye out for all those opportunities and doing a little research, you know, what are the top marketing conferences, the top content conferences, top advertising conferences. And I put them all into my spreadsheet and then I started entering all the information about them. So what's the date of the conference? Where is the conference located? You know, do they have information on the website about how to apply for a speaking, a speaking gig or who to reach out to on their team? And then I took that list. I organized it by the deadline to apply to be a speaker. And one by one by one, this list of maybe 200 conferences, 150 conferences, I reached out or applied to every single one that I possibly could. Um, and, you know, the net result of that is I ended up doing 60-plus events in my very first year as a speaker. And, you know, to your point earlier, not all of them were paid. You know, I did make some strategic choices about the audiences I wanted to be in front of or cities that I wanted to go to or some of the other benefits, right, the relationships I could build, right. the potential clients I could meet when I was there. But it was that hustle of just building a spreadsheet, finding as much information as I possibly could, and then following a system of going through them one by one, reaching out, following up, sending emails, you know, keeping track of all that outreach. That is how I was able to kind of make that first year happen, you know, as a speaker, even when I didn't have an agent, you know, kind of helping me get get a, a foot in the door at all these events. Wow. That is some good stuff right there. <laughs> I love it. I just love it, man. Because, you know, a lot of times we forget, like, we look at people that are really successful. I'm like, man, like they're arrived, they're there, but there's a story, there's a process that they had to go through the same thing we had to go through, like, you know, creating a spreadsheet, calling everybody mm-hmm. one by one, you know, like it's those types of things. Where I think we need to be reminded on a daily basis that, wow, I could do that, you know, and mm-hmm. you don't have to be afraid of not having the things that you want to have, you know, um, mm-hmm. To actually start pursuing that. And the other thing is to just, like, trust yourself to be resourceful. I think I feel really lucky that I, you know, I started out as a reporter because it kind of taught me that if you dig deep enough, you can find answers. Sometimes the answer comes from a place, from a, a resource, or from a person, but you have to dig sometimes very deep to find it. So if you just trust yourself, 
that you are resourceful enough to find those answers, it's going to make such a difference in the way that you continue to, to grow your business, to grow yourself personally. So, you know, don't be afraid just because you don't know something. It's totally okay not to know something, but trust that you can find out the answer if you, if you look deep enough and if you really dedicate yourself to finding those answers, whatever they're hiding. Yeah, I think that's spot on, believing in yourself um, and digging deeper. Um, I think that's really encouraging and really inspiring because I think, you know, uh, I was very fortunate, too, to just be able to, like, be, like, if I don't know something, I would, like, just learn, you know, and I was, like, just that curious person. But I think a lot of people are just, you know, afraid to, you know, do that, but definitely just taking that initiative and um, seeking it out. And um, so last question, um, this 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 month's uh, theme is moving from what if to what next. And basically that really means is that we, how how do you move from, oh, what if they don't, what if they say no? You know, what if, um, you know, what if I get on the plane and this happened? You know, what if, you know, mm-hmm. my spreadsheet gets deleted? And then how do you go from that what if to where you're like, okay, what's the next event? That attitude, yeah. that anticipation, you know, and that's kind of where we're going at um, this month is learn, teaching people how do we go from what if to what next? Do you have any tips on that and yeah. or in, any stories? Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I mean, going out on your own, starting a business, following a passion, launching a product, it, it's scary. It's definitely scary. And if anyone tells you they weren't afraid or nervous or didn't have reservations, they're probably lying or maybe they're superhuman. I don't know. But it's totally normal to have those what-if questions. You know, what if everything goes wrong? What if I can't make any money? What if no one likes what I make? That's, that's all realistic. I think what has really helped me is to – and this sounds crazy, but imagine the worst case scenario and figure out what you would do if that happened. And if you know that you have a backup plan, it's no longer that scary. So, you know, when I'm pitching an event, for example, you know, if I'm, I'm trying to say, you know, bring me in as a speaker and I say to myself, worst case scenario, they say no, and I'm going to pitch another event and everything's going to be fine. It sort of takes the fear out of it because you know mm-hmm. that you're going to be okay, even if the worst possible thing happens, Right. And I right. find that works so, so well, even when I'm on stage. So I know a lot of people are very afraid of public speaking. They, they play the what if game, right? What if my slides don't work? What if my microphone doesn't work? What if I, I trip and fall over myself? The first time any one of those things happens to you on stage and you just keep moving through it, you realize that it's not that big a deal, you know? And so I think, again, just like I've had those situations, but like you said, where I was at an event, I was up on stage, my microphone totally stopped working. And, you know, it was making like a horrible shrieking sound. So I took my microphone off. It was one of those like headset mics. And I jumped down off the stage, which it wasn't too high. It wasn't dangerous. But I, and I went down near where people were. And I just stood in the center and I started talking loudly, you know, very close to where people were sitting. And I was like, is everyone able to hear me? All right, let's keep going. And you just kind of move through it. And so now Uh I no longer have to be afraid of that what if because I've either pictured it and I know what I would do or it happens and you live through it and you kind of keep moving. So I think that kind of visualizing, thinking, okay, what is the thing that I'm so afraid of happening? If that happened, would it really be so bad? What would I do? You know, if I were in that situation, how, again, could I be resourceful and move myself past it? 
Because once that worst case scenario isn't the end of the world, it's not something worth being afraid of anymore. Wow. Well said. I think that's very, very good because, uh, you know, sometimes I'm afraid and I share this with you speaking and is that seems mm-hmm. I'm never afraid really to speak in front of kids because, you know, who cares the kids? <laughs> but like, you know, when you're speaking in front of like business people, adults, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's just like, holy cow. Okay. I need to like really, you know, but I like that idea of just visualizing the worst, you know, case scenario and figuring out what we mm-hmm. do do. I think that's really great at, great advice, great um, wisdom there. So, um, I hope you guys getting that. This is really good stuff. Like I told you guys, she's a gym. And um, so, okay. Thank you so much, Mel. So I would love for people to, how can people like reach out to you um, if they're looking to start uh, uh, getting into public speaking or looking to transition yeah. or even need you to speak at an event? Um, how would they get in contact with you? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm sure my name will be spelled out in the in the title when you guys are listening. Uh, but my website is just my first initial and last name dot com. So m d e z i e l dot com, and that same thing is actually my handle on Twitter. So at m diesel, you can find me there. I'd be happy to point you toward resources. Um, you know, let you know how you could book me for an event, uh, or just you know help you figure out your path to, to public speaking, and and hopefully get you on the stage and and ready to tell your story. Beautiful. And also, I'll have this um, her links in the the description of the podcast. And um, yeah, you guys uh, can get all that information from Mel. Um, thank you so much, Mel. Thank you for taking out the time your busy schedule to hang out with us and share your insight. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me here. Awesome. So we'll talk to you later, uh, at a later date. Have a great night. You too. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.